morning, everyone. Welcome to Grace Fellowship. I'm so glad that you're here. We've got the 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 outline for you. Only thing is the the title should be scratched out, and a new title should be put on. The word of the Passover being fulfilled. That was last week. This week, the title is Christ Must Lose Everything. So, I invite you to to do as you will there. Let's get started. A couple weeks ago, some good friends of mine had a large-scale kitchen fire. The husband was outside grilling, and for whatever reason, he came into the kitchen, and he sees a huge fire, a wall of fire in his kitchen. And it's only, it's getting bigger. My friend felt helpless as he watched many of his things go up in flames in his kitchen. And he, he tried to put out the fire. He wasn't wholly successful. He needed the help of his neighbors and the firefighters who eventually came. If his neighbor didn't come to help or the firefighters, they would have lost their entire house in this fire. But praise God, it was, it was taken care of. The fire was put out. And luckily, the boys, the two little boys in that family, they were unharmed uh, as well as the family. In the aftermath, they had a burned kitchen. They had ashes and smoke. They lost everything in their kitchen. Think about losing everything in, in a room of your house. How devastating would that be? But eventually, they got good news. The good news that the insurance company would buy them a new kitchen at a generous amount. In fact, the new kitchen will probably be better than the old one. Today, we're going to consider the idea of losing everything. In Mark, we're, we're at the, the fire and the smoke and the ashes. We're, we're not yet at the new kitchen. We're going to be in Mark 14. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. It's on page 552 if you have a church Bible. Just as my friends lost everything, so Jesus Christ must lose everything that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. Why should you care about this passage? Because if Christ does not lose everything, if the Scriptures aren't fulfilled, then the kingdom of God does not come. In this cosmic drama that we, we considered last week with man, sinful man and, and holy God, there needs to be reconciliation between these two things. And, and, and we see, we saw last week that reconciliation being brought about in part by the Passover lamb, Christ. This week, Jesus will lose everything. And if he doesn't lose everything, man is forever separated from God. Mankind will lose God if Christ does not lose everything. And so we'll see on your outline, you'll see Jesus loses His will to His fathers. Two, Jesus loses His hopes of counting on His top disciples. Three, Jesus loses His freedom and the rest of His disciples. And four, the man loses his linen because he followed Jesus. Father, as we take time now to read Your Word, 
Would you help us? We bow before you, the, the wise, almighty God who sent Christ to be the Passover lamb. We saw that the word of the Passover was fulfilled in part last week, and we'll see the, the continual fulfillment of that this week. Father, would you bless our time? Help us to see Christ who lost everything in order that we could gain you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, by way of preface, one more thing I wanted to make clear before we get into it. I wanted to make clear something that may not have been clear last week. So last week, we talked about the word of the Passover. We talked about Jesus' word and God's word. And really, they are the same word because Jesus is God. Other scriptures make that pretty clear. And so because Mark gives us this, this alternation between Jesus' word and God's word, and they're both coming to fulfillment last week and this week, that's all the more reason to see Jesus as part of the Godhead. So with that, let's look at the first point. Jesus loses his will to his fathers. We're going to be, like I said, Mark 14, starting at verse 32. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. This is an incredibly radical passage that teaches us the wonders of submitting to God's plan. We see that Jesus, He, he loses His will to His fathers. He submits something that He would rather have happen to something the Father would have happen. Christ is he's beginning to feel the weight of the cup of wrath that He is to drink the following day. He is sorrowful in verse 34, even to death. He falls on the ground in prayer in verse 35. This is not Jesus' will that He go through this. Verse 35, If it were possible, the hour might pass from Him. That's what He prays. Verse 36, Father, remove this cup from me. Jesus wants another way, if possible. But in the midst of all this pleading, in the midst of the agony, He says, verse 36, Yet, not what I will, but what You will, Father. He's surrendering to the Father, even though He knows it's going to hurt even though He is pleading His heart out for another way, Jesus still chooses to lose His will and lay it at the feet of a wise Father. I'm sure you can relate with Christ. Maybe not fully, but think about a time where you really wanted to do something and somebody else really wanted to do something else. You've got two things butting up against each other. And it really hurts to lay aside what you prefer to do 
in order to follow someone else's will. For me, this is a, I'm getting a new roommate in August, and we have different preferences. He would really like to share a room. And yeah, by doing that, that would free up our other room to host guests and a playroom for kids. He's all about that. And if you know me, I, I want my own room. I want my, my introvert recharge time. And as I've considered his preference, it's really hurt me to think about giving up what I prefer. Giving up your way hurts. Think about how much more it hurt Christ to give this up. Why is Jesus willing to lose his will? He knows that even though it's, it's going to kill him, he knows that his father is good and, and loving and wise, and Jesus believes that his father's plan is for the best. Jesus knows he can give up his will because his father has a better one. How does this apply to you? What part of your will might the Father be calling you to give up? It could be an object, a plan, a relationship. Sometimes the thing that we, we need to be willing to give up is the, the first thing that comes to mind when you, you're asked, what don't you want to give up? For me, for a long time, it, it, was, it was marriage. I worship the idea of marriage and if you ask me what don't you want to give up it would be marriage I, I gotta get married like that's what I need and in God's grace he's withheld it from me and he's changed my heart so that now my prayer is God if you if you want me to get married fine <laughs> that'd be great if you don't fine that'd be great what is it for you So we've seen that Jesus loses his will to the fathers. Christ must lose everything that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Let's look at point two. Jesus loses his hopes of counting on his top disciples. And we'll start reading at 37. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So here, Jesus loses his hopes of counting on his top disciples. Have you ever had your best friends let you down? Because this is exactly what Christ is going through. Back in 34, verse 34, Jesus gave Peter... James and John an order. He said, my soul is very sorrowful. Remain here and watch. Not remain here and fall asleep. Remain here and watch. And Christ comes back after 
after pleading his heart out, and he finds them snoozing. Verse 37, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? And Jesus goes away two more times, pleads in prayer, and there they are again. They've let them let down. These are Jesus' top disciples, his best friends. If he could count on any human, any humans, it'd be these three Peter and James and John, but he can't count on them. They disappoint Christ. And then at the end of it all, he says, It is enough, the hour has come. That same hour that he prayed deliverance from. He says, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus loses his hopes of counting on his top disciples. He, he is coming to grips with his destiny, no matter how lonely it is. Rise, let us be going. Think of your your best friend. The one for you for whom it's it's really easy to place a lot of hope in. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a friend from college. Maybe it's a friend in college with you. Children, can you think of your best friend for me? Maybe it's your sister or your brother. Let's say that they asked you for help. You asked them for help in a time of great need. But then the time comes for them to help, and they don't help you. And it doesn't just happen once. They let you down three times. How would that make you feel? Sad, right? Devastating. This would be really, really hard. So why do Jesus' disciples, the ones who love Him, why do they fail Jesus? In verse 38, Jesus says to them, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The disciples were tempted to fall asleep and disobey Jesus' command to watch. And we see that they give in to temptation three times. They fall asleep and they disobey what Christ told them to do. Though their spirits were willing to help, their flesh was weak. Their eyes were heavy. And I don't know for sure, but I wonder if Peter and James and John, I wonder if they did not take Jesus' advice to pray that they might not enter into temptation. I wonder if that's the reason their flesh failed and they fell asleep three times. How does this apply? I'm going to to turn this back around on us. Do you realize that you have fallen asleep on Christ? When Christ came to you in His hour of need, you fell asleep on Him. You and I have, quote-unquote, we have entered into temptation. We have sinned and we have disobeyed Christ. Though our spirits might be willing, our flesh is weak. We have entered into temptation without praying for help. And my guess is for you, it's pretty easy for me. It doesn't take long for me to think about 
ways that I have fallen asleep on Christ. How I've disobeyed Him. What has it looked like for you? So, Jesus loses His will to the Father, loses His top disciples. Christ must lose everything that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. Let's look at the third point. Jesus loses His freedom and and the rest of His disciples. Verse 43. And immediately, while He was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve. And with Him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi! And he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the Scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left Him and fled. So here we see Jesus lose His freedom and the rest of His disciples. In the chapters leading up to this, Jesus was was often talking with the the elders, the scribes, the chief priests, and they've exchanged questions. Now that group has sent Judas and a crowd to Christ at night. Verse 43, swords and clubs at night. And as we read about last week, Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, was to betray Him according to the Scriptures, according to the Psalms. This was part of the word of the Passover coming to fulfillment. And we have the fulfillment of that in verse 46. And they laid hands on him and seized him. So Jesus loses a man who used to be one of his disciples. He loses him to utter betrayal. He loses his freedom to walk wherever he wants. He's arrested. And then he loses all his disciples too. They're they're Uh, They flee. The word from Zechariah that we read about last week, that is fulfilled. The shepherd is struck and the sheep scatter. Verse 50, and they all left him and fled. Even Peter, the one who said, even though they all leave you, I will not, Lord. They all leave Christ. So Christ loses everything. His will, His freedom, all His disciples in order that the Scriptures be fulfilled. And Jesus goes. He gets arrested with a biting question. Verse 48. Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture Me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize Me, but let the Scriptures be fulfilled. He's saying, you could have arrested me during the day. Why Why does it have to be now, at night? And Jesus knows the answer to his own question. He knows as well as they do that they can't arrest him in broad daylight. The people wouldn't allow it. 
And so the, the crowd, they, they resort to kidnapping Christ in darkness. But in the, in the midst of this all, Christ has a remarkable perspective. Verse 49, let the Scriptures be fulfilled. Even though it's not my will, will even though my friends did not stay awake, even though I'm losing my freedom and all my sheep are fleeing, when they just pledged their lives to me in commitment, let the Scriptures be fulfilled. Let the will of my Father in heaven be done. Let His kingdom come. How is Jesus able to do this? Because He trusts His Father in heaven. And He trusts the Scriptures. How does this apply? What an amazing Savior we have in Jesus. If you were in Christ's position, would you have been of the same mind? I wouldn't have. I just lost my way and my best friends let me down. I'm arrested. I've done nothing wrong. And then all my friends who say that they, they, they would stick with me until death, they run away like groundhogs. I would be so bitter and upset. I would be angry and depressed. Close to the last thing out of my mouth would be, let the Scriptures be fulfilled. And if you were there, I, I say, you would have caved too. We needed a perfect Savior like Christ. We needed Jesus to, become along, to come along, be treated thus, and still submit to His Father's will. So, main application, be amazed at the Savior who lost it all and still said, let the Scriptures be fulfilled. Let's look at the last point. Christ must lose everything that the Scripture might be fulfilled. And here we'll see the man loses his linen because he followed Jesus. And a young man followed Him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him. But he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. Kind of a, an unusual set of verses here. I wonder if the point of these two verses is, is to show us that there is a, a cost to following Christ. Here, the, the man loses his linen because he was following Jesus. Jesus is arrested, and the young man trails, and the crowd grabs for him. They get his linen, and then he runs away with, uh, with nothing but his birthday suit. I read somewhere that this young man, this might have been John Mark, our author, and out of anonymity or decency, he said, all right, I'm just going to, remain nameless here. Maybe it was embarrassment. I don't know. In any case, this man loses his linen. How does this apply? Be willing to lose your linen for Jesus. Be willing to lose your linen for Jesus. Just as Christ loses everything, His will, His hopes of counting on His top disciples, His freedom, 
all his sheep, just as Christ has lost much, aren't we supposed to give up much as we follow Christ? Aren't we called to lose much? A couple of application questions for you. As you follow Christ, do you have the same mindset that Christ does? Do you want the Scriptures to be fulfilled even if it means you lose your linen? Even if it means you get arrested? Even if it means you lose your way or you lose all your friends? Do you want the Scriptures of your Father in Heaven to be fulfilled that badly? So, we've seen that the man loses his linen because he followed Christ. We've, we've seen Christ lose much. He's lost everything. Nearly everything. He's lost his will, his top disciples, his freedom. He's lost Judas, one of his disciples, who is now an enemy. He's lost all his disciples. Jesus is left alone to face his fate. And not only is Jesus left in these ways, he is soon to face an abandonment of a bigger kind. He is soon to be left alone by his Father, and in doing so, he will experience something the universe has never seen. Part of the Godhead abandoning another part. Christ must lose everything that the Scriptures be fulfilled. In closing, you might be asking yourself, okay, you keep saying this, Gene, Christ must lose everything. Why? Why must Christ lose everything? I think we have a good answer. Christ had to lose everything because this was the cost of ushering in the kingdom of God. The kingdom where, where sinners are given pardon and welcomed into the family of God. If Christ doesn't go through this and lose everything, there is no kingdom of God and man. Man is separated from God forever. And so as we close, here are some, some applications to consider again. Number one, be willing to give up your will to follow the Father's, even if you lose what you treasure most. Number two, realize that you have fallen asleep on Christ by disobeying Him. Number three, be amazed at the Savior that you have in Christ who continued to pursue His Father's will even in the midst of losing much. And then number four, be willing to lose your linen for Jesus. If need be, give up your friends, your freedom, whatever it is, for the sake of following Jesus. Christ lost everything that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. Father, as we consider what an amazing Savior we have in Christ. We, we bow before You in amazement, in awe, and in deep gratitude. The Word of the Passover 
has been fulfilled. Christ has lost everything. The Passover lamb is about to lose the Father in order that we might not ever be separated from God. Father, would you, would you work in our hearts and, and help us to praise you now in, in great truth and spirit for what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.